Hello listeners, we are back with uh, another episode of Quote Unquote with KK. Over the last uh, season, we talked about job employment where we had a very senior executive from Gallup who talked about how the job market would shape up in the future uh, after the pandemic and during the pandemic. We also had Rajiv Peshwarya who talked about the future of work and how jobs are going to and the job market would probably transform uh, as we go into the new normal. In this season, in the next four episodes, we are going to be talking about the future of real estate and different aspects of real estate. Since we have been talking about startups and future of work, we thought we should talk about the future of co-working and uh, offices and India's success story in, in, in this space. And I have invited a very close and uh, near and dear friend from our real estate industry, Karan Virwani who happens to be the a very young CEO of Quark India. He has transformed the industry, the co-working industry. And let me tell you, uh, I'm really glad uh, that I met uh, Karan when he invited me to his inauguration of his first property in Bangalore, where he converted a, a movie theater into a fantastic co-working space. And that's where I bumped into Karan. Although I know his father, who's a very successful realtor, real estate magnate in India, and also has listed a REIT in the office space. So I welcome Karan uh, to our show. Welcome, Karan. Thank you so much, Kapil. Thank you for having me. I just want to quickly start off when I meet a small correction that I'm the CEO of WeWork. But yeah, thank you so much for having me and excited to be part of this chat. Karan, I want to start off by asking you a very simple question. What is co-working? People are very confused. Some people say it's cooperative working. So for the benefit of our audience, if you could very briefly explain what is what is really co-working and how does that fit in with the future of work? Sure. So, um, you know, co-working as a term obviously has evolved over the, the years uh, and also the, the use of our spaces and the users have also evolved. I think originally when the word co-working, you know, started, it, it was really about community working or collaborative working, um, which is, you know, really about multiple companies, uh, different stages of, you know, existence, uh, different types of people actually in an environment that is designed to create collaboration and allow for, uh, you know, people to be able to interact. And the basic principle, uh, you know, was that when you're a, a startup founder or an, an entrepreneur, I think one of the biggest things that, you know, entrepreneur looks for is actually building their network while building their business because you can leverage, you know, different uh, companies uh, and you need, you need different companies across the, you know, life cycle of building a business and uh, you know when there never used to be a co-working space that would mean you having to go out to different conferences different events you know pass out your business card uh, spend a lot of time time actually building that network um, and and you know like a lot of people say the wealth like the wealth you have uh, eventually is really the network that you that you you know really end up accumulating so a co-working space was a way to actually accelerate that uh, and put like-minded individuals who are you know all hustling all sharing a part of their journey or trying to create their life's work uh, in one space 
so that uh, you know there's like an accelerated uh, there's this accelerated collaboration and that you know together helps each business grow much faster and the chances of success of your business growing you know much larger so that's really how you know we uh, we started or the concept actually started and it was aimed largely towards startups uh, in the early days but what happened through the progression is um, because you firstly had a dynamic environment uh, but at the same time you had a dynamic model of actually taking space or consuming space which was completely flexible uh, it allowed you to scale up and scale down as your business was growing or you know reducing uh, and also allowed you access in multiple locations across the you know world uh, enterprises or larger companies actually started to see this as a huge benefit for their own workforce uh, and uh, you know a large amount of workforce across the world is of a particular age you know somewhere between 20 to 40 years uh, of age is really where you know mass of the workforce is uh, and these kind of uh, this age group is you know like-minded in a sense so regardless of whether you're working at a large company or working for a startup you have very similar interests and also uh, you know as employees of these companies you are now gravitating to go work at a company not just for the logo uh, or the or the salary package but actually for the work environment uh, for the culture of the organization and so enterprises started using co-working spaces as a way to also become more relevant to this workforce uh, as a way to actually attract you know better talent uh, and uh, while this talent was in the workspace they got to not just you know interact with people from their company but also from other companies smaller startups that led to new ideas forming within you know the larger companies so it was a it's it's like a very like cross leveraged ecosystem uh, and when you look at it at scale the amount of impact that it makes is is huge so uh, so it's 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 hard for me to put it into like a small word, but it's like an ever-evolving concept, uh, which I think is you know become such a big part of of the the ecosystem. Excellent, Karan. I must congratulate you. In a span of few years, from your first facility in Bangalore to 35 facilities all over India, and I'm I'm sure it's like at a pace of what two facilities, uh, a, a facility every two months that you are operationalizing across India. Uh, yeah, at one stage we basically were opening a building a month, or sometimes like in some months we open multiple buildings in a month. Uh, I think in 2018 and 2019 was probably the peak of our, you know, like a, a growth phase and uh, it was a fun and crazy time. And uh, yeah, we were doing almost a building a month. I think globally we work, we were doing close to about, uh, I think somewhere like three or uh, 10 buildings a month at one point. So it was a, it was, you know, huge scale and huge scale of growth. And that's where experience and uh, the ability to scale an organization like yours also comes in. How has been your journey? I mean, how did you manage to do all this in, in that span to create the largest uh, co-working network uh, and a company in India? 
so you know there's a lot of things i think one is is having a great team so that was a big part of our focus as we were building the organization is like finding really good people who um were not just coming on for you know to be part of another company but really believed in the mission uh, and were really truly invested in actually you know disrupting the the space of commercial uh, real estate and also creating something exciting so having people motivated and having a good team and people that you can trust uh, i think was like the biggest secret in actually being able to do that the second thing was you know just i think the macro trends in the country also were a big you know sort of like tailwind to that there's a robust startup ecosystem a uh, robust like enterprise take up uh, you know lots of large companies who were growing and the it sector also growing uh, a lot in india uh, and so even though that you know even though the scale seemed large uh, at that time we were like a very small percentage of the total you know sort of absorption uh, in in the in commercial real estate and i think lastly uh, it was just you know our own customers at one point i think about 40% of our growth was happening from like our own customers existing customers so right. one part was like just trying to keep up with that and actually keep providing you know space and uh, in different locations for them but to be honest it was just belief and uh, some amount of risk taking ability and just determination to you know do something huge I want to ask you one question because I've struggled through this in in also some of my investments. I disrupted uh, daycare surgery and also started my venture out of Bangalore. And one of the clear challenges uh, of getting the right people to start off a new concept like co-working, what I also went through in my daycare surgery chain growth phase was. people from the same industry could not really accept this concept or the disruption and as a re- as a result you know we had to go actually outside of the healthcare industry to bring in talent and adapt them to the healthcare industry did you face yeah. similar challenges in in creating a culture and an organization at vibak in india i mean definitely i think in the you know the early days just when it was a few of us um convincing uh, you know a landlord that has been doing real estate for the last 20 years in the same way to you know think about this new concept and how office is going to change was was a big task uh, i think i was just like very naive at that time and that actually worked in my favor because you know that just allowed us to go in and have these conversations without actually feeling like we were saying something stupid or anything like that and that we truly believed in the in the concept um but again you know it was, it just became a fact of delivering and you know landlord seeing the value in it that helped um help do that from an from a hiring standpoint we did have a good mix of you know real estate seasoned real estate sort of like professionals uh, but also we hired a lot from different sectors right we hired a lot from you know hospitality from hotels we hired a lot from uh saas companies because we were like you know growing at that scale and our product the selling of the product was similar to to that uh, uh you know it companies um and uh, and designers and you know architects also the ones we found were very young uh, all filled with new ideas hadn't actually been 
you know, maximum, I think someone maybe would have been eight years experience or nine years of experience at that point in time. So, you know, the you're not ingrained and you're not like sort of like uh, rigid in your thoughts. You are free to think a lot more, uh, you know, about new ideas and, and innovate and things like that. So I think that was a very important, uh, you know, piece. Uh, also, you know, we were there was also a global phenomenon happening with with WeWork specifically as a brand, right? We were on like rocket ship rise, and it, it was much easier to convince because we were doing this also in other parts of the world. Uh, you know, markets like London and New York, which are you know seen as the largest real estate markets in the world, the the business model was working. So as people saw that happening globally, then it was a much easier job to you know do that in. In India as well. Now <laughs> you've got your investor in place. You have consolidated uh, your business as one of the largest network in India. I'm sure there are competitors who have come from the hospitality space to also build up their co-working business and made some acquisitions also. But, uh, as I see, they have not been very successful. Let's not talk about the last year, which was a little bit of uh, an aberration in the in the growth of co-working. What do you see as your uh, mantra for success in India? Um, look, I think what we've always focused on is our product uh, and, you know, focusing heavily on actually delivering a product that is unmatched uh, when it comes to, you know, the design of our spaces. If you see it, uh, you know, we are always ahead of the curve or have been ahead of the curve and, you know, people or competitors tend to replicate some of the ideas that we come out with. So the focus of always innovating and, you know, delivering a great quality product I think is key and we don't want to dilute that um, the second piece is just providing an unmatched member experience uh, so you know our community and the experience that the companies get within a WeWork um, I think is you know something that is very hard to replicate because it comes from our DNA and our culture more than uh, you know anything else which is why you know, that was such a uh, big part of how we did our hiring and how we actually grew the company in the early days. Uh, those two things, I think, are like, you know, clear. Uh, and with that, we see that, you know, uh, if you're just able to do those things, customers tend to stay with you. You are able to attract customers easier um, and things like that. From a growth perspective, I think what COVID has done is actually made our business a lot more relevant. Uh, and the hard work that we've done over the last four years and you know educating the market about why this business model works and why companies actually want this business model um, is now uh, paying off in the sense that landlords are coming to us and saying you know come take my building I'll I'll invest you know with you or I'll invest for you and we'll you know share some of that reward so I think going forward the growth strategy is to try to be as asset light as possible we spend you know a lot of time uh, putting our own money and actually, you know, building this business. And now what we want to do is try to bring partners and, and grow as asset light as possible. And that's going to be our growth strategy for, you know, for next uh, few years. The other thing is that we've seen the rise uh, in demand for, you know, newer type of products. So what we, how we originally, you know, were envisioning our business to be, we've altered that a little bit uh, we've you know launched a product called we work on demand which means anyone now can actually book a space online for as low as 500 bucks or thousand bucks a day 
Um, and so everyone who's remote working, working from home, who doesn't have the right infrastructure can come and use our space. We've also launched a product called WeWork All Access. What we've seen is that large companies, employee workforce got dispersed. They all went to different locations. They went back home. They're not able to commute to their central offices. Uh, and uh, a lot of companies have given up office space also temporarily for some time. So for this, we've, you know, developed a new product where you can just buy a card from us uh, and you can go and access a WeWork anywhere uh, basically in the world. So you don't have a dedicated office, but you have 35 offices now in the country when which you didn't have before. Right. So yeah, there's like a lot of changes happening and the idea is to, to be ahead of the curve, to innovate and focus heavily on a high quality product and service. And I think like that's just the key. Karan, let uh, raised a couple of pertinent points of, you know, how office spaces and working in the future is going to look like. I want to touch on a few points um, as to what's really going to happen to the traditional office uh, working in India. There have been some surveys and some YouTube videos uh, that talk about that 60% of the workspace or the office workspace will be made redundant or would not be required in the future as we go into the new normal. People may start working from home or people may start uh, renting out workspaces in facilities like WeWork. What do you see the future uh, of how people are going to work and collaborate and work with their organizations on one side as well as collaborate in your environment on the other end? How is yeah. this whole environment going to change and what's the business uh, opportunity now? Right. Look, I, I don't think that office has become, uh, you know, irrelevant or anything like that. I think the use of the office has definitely changed or the way that it's going to be used is definitely changing. Uh, so the way we see it is that look, that as we come out of this, there are companies and, uh, you know, people who go back 100%, you know, working from offices and, and working from their headquarters and things like that. You will also have, a, you know, a definitely accelerated amount of people work, continue working from home because it has proven to be, uh, you know, economical and it's proven to be something that works for a certain section of people. But what you're going to have is a large amount of the population actually in between, right, in a hybrid type of model. So Correct. earlier when, you know, a corporate real estate when you're looking at your, you know, corporate real estate, you were looking at a large headquarter, campuses uh, and whatnot, like campuses and you know potential satellite offices. I actually don't think that's going to change. Uh, you know, especially in a country like India, because what you're seeing is that you you still have mass amount of hiring happening, uh, and you also have companies now across the entire world that are digitizing, and so all of that work is getting transported to India. So so a lot of large companies, they still require a large amount of office spaces, um, you know, and and maybe like the design is a little bit different than it used to be, but you still require physical spaces for people to actually like come into. I think productivity long term within work from home doesn't, you know, work. The need to collaborate uh, is required. Um, and, uh, you know, like people need to have a third location, you know, uh, or a location outside of their home for just the mental 
uh, you know, stability and like mental health and things like that. But what is definitely going to happen is it's going to, there are going to become different working styles. There are going to become, there are going to be populations of people who only need office like two times a week or three times a week. There are going to be companies that say, I don't want a central headquarters, but I want, you know, dispersed offices across the entire, uh, you know, country or, or even the world. Uh, there's going to be, you know, populations of the workforce that just need an office for an hour or a two hours hours you know and uh, and just need the infrastructure for that amount of time so so the the office has not become irrelevant i think the way office is going to be used uh, is obviously changed and so there's going to be a world where you know there is going to be a mix of all uh, all use cases and that's where we actually think that you know we are like perfect position to cater to that new demand because we do everything right we do from like right. a, we do from like an hour to we've done now for companies who have signed up with us for seven years, eight years in one location. So that's the that's how we are able to like build a competitive advantage. But I'll tell you like on the traditional side, at least on the embassy side, you still have large companies, your IT services companies or your these global e-commerce companies and things like that that are looking for campuses like in millions of square feet, not, not you know, not small campuses. Then they're, they're looking for one million, two million, three million uh, square foot campuses even now, and and in some cases they're actually looking to buy the land and actually like a, like have someone constructed, which means you know it's a permanent location for like a long period of time. So Correct. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I'll just give you from an India context. I think that. COVID uh, has maybe worked heavily in the Indian office market, in the advantage of Indian office market because digitization, IT services is going to become huge and you have such a huge talent pool of English speaking population that it just continues to be an attractive place for outsourcing, especially for large, for big tech uh, and things like that. Uh, yeah, so you know, there will be, a, there's going to be a shift in the way things are done, but, but office is still relevant. Karan, I want to ask you your thoughts, and this is off the cuff uh, question. You yeah. know, our algos looked at the real estate supply of office space prior to COVID, and uh, at some point in time, some of the cities were actually choking. There was more uh, demand and less supply. And then uh, you had this COVID, which kind of led to a W-shaped recovery of office space demand supply, as well as the rental pricing. Yeah. Uh, in this uh, scenario, how do you think uh, co-working would have reacted? And in the future, how do you think uh, you could probably scale up your business, given that there have been, uh, you know, pockets of excess demand and less supply and excess supply and low demand? How would you be able to mitigate this and equalize and come out winner in the next five years in, in India? So it, very interesting question. I think there's multiple you know, facets to this one from the supply side for us. You know, our business is actually going and acquiring space, you know, fitting it out and actually leasing it in a flexible you know, manner to smaller businesses. Landlord seeing a lot of vacancy uh, and also the need, you know, for smaller requirements and more flexible requirements. There's actually a larger opportunity for us to go and take some of this vacated space at, at you know, better prices 
over the long term you know with the view that the office market is obviously going to recover as the pandemic ends and these spaces you know uh, there are only limited amount of like good spaces in the in the country so Correct. i just feel like a thought like all of india has about 600 million square foot of grade a real estate all of only new york has 600 million square foot of grade a real estate so you see like the like where the <laughs> difference It's in one city of... with one country exactly so right now yeah. as much as the supply is there it's still very limited and very small for the amount of growth that india's you know going to see so if you are a long term player at commercial real estate you'll understand that look the space might take a little bit longer to fill up but it will fill up you know sort of eventually and what we're seeing like i said earlier is the landlords you know are, are themselves trying to create flexible like you know convert one of the one or two floors into flexible spaces but it's not easy to manage a, a flexible workspace or like a co-working you just can't just go into it so right. that's where we see opportunities for like a you know management model or like a hotel operator model where we lend the brand name we lend our expertise uh, we don't take any of the risk of the real estate or the so actual like operations and management type of a model exactly so that's right. you know, a big part of the asset like model that we actually see in the future to be able to partner with landlords help them fill up all of this space with smaller flexible companies uh, you know and lease terms and actually share some of the revenue with them or just you know manage and operate and and, and deliver our expertise you know to them I think on the demand side you already seeing how there's a mindset change basically from companies that you know right. only believe that I I I need to have this office space it has to be my lease I need to have this big office blah 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 now thinking like do I really need it can I just take some temporary space can I like take 50 seats now and grow to 100 and grow to 200 uh, which is where we are seeing a lot of the demand actually coming you know coming coming in so yeah from the supply and demand side i think like you know these are the times in uh, your life where you see is opportunity and can actually result in sort of huge value creation in the future and you know regis i believe had a strategy in the past and i'm sure they do it even currently is that any country that went into conflict or there was some amount of you know recession and things like that happening there that's the time they used to go and acquire real estate because you know that was the best time to go and actually sign deals liquidity to sort of like do that so it's a very similar situation and i think you know we are definitely long long on office and uh, and we want to like definitely like capitalize on that karan this is a question you know because i'm a reit operator i build hospitals and i lease hospitals just like what you do in the in the office space Yeah. One of the biggest challenges that I have is project management and time to operationalize or yeah. time to market yeah. of a certain facility. And given the way things are in India and the level of professionalism that is now obviously now it's improving. Uh, when I started uh, doing business it was uh, even the JLLs and the people who are in this uh, project management space to get the facility up and running I didn't even have the talent pool how are you kind of addressing this issue at your hand uh, so that you are getting uh, the properties up and running to meet the excessive demand that is now uh, coming up in the new normal right yeah great question so 
you know we typically have a cycle of anywhere between 6 to 9 months from the time we've selected a building till till actually opening and members you know sort of walking in um a big part of that is obviously standardizing the process you know is like having clear we have a gate system at we work so you know it starts from something called like gate d where we basically just identified a building and then it moved through stages so like loi signing to lease signing to uh, you know then the design phase to a construction phase etc so it's very clearly like standardized in terms of like how a building moves and the time taken to move a building um, which requires a lot of cro- you know it's a lot of cross functional collaboration that happens uh, and it's almost like handoffs into each function also the product internally you know is it's not as common complex i guess as a hospital i would say Correct. it's like we have multiple tracks there yeah yeah and it's a standardized boq it's a standardized it's standardized sequencing uh, of actually del- delivering the product and uh, what we've been able to do over time is work with vendors that have learned also over multiple projects so you know it's not a learning curve that you create uh, each time with a new vendor you try to use the same vendor who knows exactly the problems and how to do it better each time and lastly which i think you know in india is always a challenge uh and especially on the traditional side is is steady cash flow uh so if you if you have you know your financial closure in place and you have your ability to deploy the you know pay off the bills for the vendors on time then the delivery can happen you know very fast it can happen even ahead of time because you know like no one is really like worrying about things but you know even in our case when we were like growing at a really high speed that was a challenge uh, for us you know on the traditional you see developers across the country correct buildings that have been like for cash unbuilt for 10 like decades in some cases correct yeah it's mostly because you know the money has been diverted somewhere or you know something has happened and the project doesn't have the right financial closure to you know take it uh, to completion which is i think a big part of what rera brought in and uh, you know at least for fly, uh, at least on the residential side so i think that's obviously key you know when we were first starting off uh, the embassy office like embassy office business uh, when my when my dad was uh, started go- embassy golf links which was you know one of the right. first business parks in in the country we built buildings in 8 months in uh, like 9 months and things like that right and now right. the same building takes maybe 12 months 13 you know 18 months almost 2 years to actually get done so it's not like it's not possible it just requires right planning and you know it requires yeah it just requires planning basically to be able to get it done the quality of work is a struggle i i mean i'm not going to deny that it's it's like you know it irritates me even right now like when there's no straight lines and there's small finishing like like you know corners and like little details which i feel are like you know stupid like it's just stupid that it we keep making the same mistakes again when you have lady your your switches like you know too little twisted and it's not aligned with the with the door and all of these things like i think it's just a cultural I don't know it's like a cultural thing in India that you just kind of like it's impossible to get that right. Yeah. We built buildings in Japan like we worked as you know the same thing in Japan 
And in India, when you complete a project, you probably have a, you have like a 300 point snag list. In Japan, there's three. It's like a three point, like there's only three snags when you deliver right. a project. So, you know, that's the, <laughs> that's just the difference in the skill. And the, yeah, and at the end of the day, we, we end up being the nitpickers in India. Yeah. You know, the boss is nitpicking. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, I can completely empathize with you because, you know, the facility is what we are very proud about and, and the finished product is what really matters and somewhere that culture as you mentioned doesn't doesn't work through yeah, in india as as, as the way the japanese do it or or the other cultures like the koreans or somewhere else that happens i guess we need to bring that into our uh, construction business as well I mean, the smaller things actually hurt your eyes and just hurt the whole thing the most I mean, <laughs> that's what i said we have we become nitpickers in the process yeah all right, Karan, I want to switch gears a little bit. We talked about the co-working space, how you've scaled this business, how you are looking to expand the business. Uh, I want to talk about your other passion about startup. And, um, you know, I'm equally passionate about startups because we started Bangalore Angels and uh, we've been doing a lot on the startup ecosystem. I want to know a little bit about the other side of your story about, you know, how you've been uh, working through the startup ecosystem. Yeah, sure. You know, actually the, the original like reason of starting WeWork itself was, you know, I felt at that time, you know, 20, this was like maybe 2014, 2015, when it was like kind of booming. I just felt there was a lack of Indian startups being able to go global and which is why, you know, the WeWork network and like being able for like Indian companies to connect with global, like other companies through the WeWork network was so important. And the reason, you know, one of big driving reason of why we even like went into this, you know, sort of venture. And my dream was to at least help play a part in Indian startups being becoming global giants like all the companies that you see like your amazons and you know, things of the world so being able to play some part in that and i hope that through WeWork we've actually been able to do you know something in that in that area i personally do invest in a bunch of startups i think new technologies just interest me and new ideas definitely like interest me uh, even now on the embassy side we're trying to build a prop tech program that can help you know pro tech startups actually grow in India because I think it's a very late adopter. Real estate is a very late adopter of that. But in our spaces, it, it's very exciting to just, you know, speak to founders, help them on their journey, try to like give them any, you know, any help that you can because it's not an easy journey and I sympathize a lot with them or empathize a lot with them. Um, when I graduated from college, actually, uh, or my last year of college is when I set up my first company, which was a hospitality company. It was very different from what like the traditional real estate, you know, the family business was. It's like setting up a few restaurants. And that's where I felt the pain of like what an Indian, you know, entrepreneur probably goes through just from an infrastructure standpoint and just building out a business. And that kind of led to the WeWork, you know, story eventually. So I've been through it and I just like I, I want to try to help as much as possible and I, I think through this platform I'm able to help a lot. Yeah. Karan, uh, there's a lot of positive feedback from the startup ecosystem and I really appreciate what you have contributed to the startup ecosystem in India. You know, we are somewhere 
like the Intel inside in the startup <laughs> system and you happen to be also one of those Intel inside or we work inside the startup ecosystem in India, I would say. Karan, uh, some personal questions I would like to rapid fire, I would say. I know we have a little bit short of time here. So yeah. Karan, who is your role model now? You've done the WeWork. Who do you look up to now? Ah, that's a tough question. Um, well, I, I think my... Don't tell me your father, huh? <laughs> I mean, definitely one of the one of the people. My both my parents are definitely like people I look up to. I think from you know someone obviously like Elon Musk uh, is is a, I'm a huge fan of his uh, and everything that he he does. I think he's just doing things very differently, and I appreciate that a lot. And his ability to sim simplify complex massive uh, problems uh, you know his ability to be able to do that plus manage multiple you know initiatives like that i think is like incredible incredibly impressive and i would love to you know be able to do that at some point i think that i, I you know someone like warren buffett actually is uh, also some i watch a lot of videos on youtube about him speaking mainly because while everyone is trying to do like a lot he's always you know have this philosophy like you know don't do a lot just like focus on things that are going to be big and big impact and over time and over slow compounding that's gonna definitely benefit so while people are always in a rush for like these high numbers and high valuations i think you know something i learned from him is just like it takes time and like that's when you have like longevity if you're able to sort of like you know take time and actually doing that and uh yeah, I think, you know, those are those are probably like the two people that I always gravitate towards. And in the co-working space, who do you look up to? Ah, in the co-working space, you know, I think I I actually learned a lot from Adam, you know, while while we were going through the journey, I learned, uh, I learned a lot from him of what to do, what not to do. Uh, and I think it really like took someone with high energy to be able to create something so large. And I think right now, actually, you know, Sandeep, who's our, who's our new CEO, also is teaching me a lot in a very different, you know, different way. Um, and uh, I think a combination of both of those has been, you know, uh, amazing. I think out of my peers, you know, uh, Amit from, from Office, I think has been at this for a long period of time. I think they've been able right. to create a very, like a very credible uh, brand uh, in India and also globally, uh, like uh, something that's globally recognized. I think Ritesh, who started Innovate, is also someone I, you know, have seen that his ability to give back to the startup ecosystem is massive. He's always a, been a huge advocate of the Indian startup ecosystem and I, I um, and he's always with a lot of passion. So I think that that's something that I definitely recognize. Karan, now you have stepped out of your father's shadow. I'm sure you're on your standing. What does your father tell you? How does he react to your success? Uh, I think that I have to do a lot more, definitely. But no, he. I mean, I know that he's obviously very 
you know, happy and proud of both me and Aditya, uh, who's my younger brother, and he's he's managing the group business while I'm doing this. So I think he's definitely very proud. Uh, but if you know the amount of like, you know, he's a my dad is also a machine and is always <laughs> yeah. ever growing and and expanding and trying new taking new risks and things like that so I still have a lot to learn but but uh, yeah I think that you know we've tried to keep our feet on the ground as much as possible uh, and uh, and at the same time just focus on the work so I'm not really thinking about his shadow or anything like that I just want to like make my own impact as much as possible. Karan you raised a good amount of money for your growth uh, at WeWorks you went through that journey Yeah. Tell us a little bit. Uh, what have been your lessons there, and now managing the investor uh, once he's on board on your growth story? Uh, I'll tell you that I learned patience in a huge, huge way. <laughs> patience because uh, we've had a we've had a little bit of a crazy journey. We've only been around like you know three years and uh, or four years now. And uh, when we when we actually went out to raise money for the first time, we you know got a two hundred million dollar term sheet. I had a term sheet sitting right in front of me, which would have been enough money for us to expand you know for the next few years. As soon as that happened, next week the the next week and the NBFC crisis in India hit. ILNFS went right. bust, and all the banks retracted everything. All the term sheets that were out there, especially for loss making businesses, got you know retracted. So that was probably like our first. you know hurdle the first hit and uh, right and you know from there we took some time to recover because we had spent a lot of time doing that and then we got a 100 million dollar term sheet from a private equity fund and as soon as we were about to actually execute that the wework ipo a global ipo situation happened and you know adam left and you know, we went through that whole yeah. cycle and so that also got pulled back so over the course uh, and then you know so it took us almost 24 months to actually finally raise you know raise the money at the same time obviously the business was expanding at like a lightning pace we had to manage partners vendors you know all of that so i think patience is something that i learned uh, i also learned that having a relationship with all of your stakeholders you know is very important uh, being transparent with your stakeholders is very important because that uh, it creates trust uh, and you know Uh, not committing on something that you can't deliver uh, is important but also at the end actually delivering on that promise creates you know a relationship that goes beyond money or work or whatever it is it's you know like then you're part of a journey together managing the investor honestly has you know been easy is something that i learned you know a lot from my dad actually is is, is just being transparent uh, and not you know not trying to like hide anything or like you know uh, sugarcoat anything or show something that is you know unrealistic on it achievable it's really just being transparent managing the right expectation and yeah yeah and, and like building that relationship so you know if you're able to do that and just deliver on small promises consistently rather than you know like promising something you know promising the moon and actually not getting the uh, you know i think is a much better strategy uh, and it just creates you know someone who will repeatedly invest in you versus be a one time investor and i think that's that's the philosophy that i follow
Karan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Let me just summarize some of the key takeaways that I am gaining from our conversation. So work from home is going to be something that will transform into some sort of a hybrid model and where co-working also has a place in the future. As I see a lot of growth and differentiation opportunities which has created and opened up a, a huge segment of the market in this space. And obviously you keep innovating and, and being the leader in the market and also your inspirational uh, journey uh, in developing an organization of this stature and, and this presence in India. It's, it's a really inspiring conversation uh, to have you on our uh, podcast today. Before I let you go, I just need to make a few more announcements and close the session. I'd like to thank uh, our sponsors, our production team, and the people who have been uh, part of the show today, and uh, also part of Karan's team that had been coordinating with our team to get this uh, show in place. And obviously, uh, Karan, um, I wish you all the best in your growth journey and your uh, aspiration to the startup ecosystem as well. And uh, stay safe. Thank you so much, Kapil. Thank you. This was a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to catching up in person sometime very, very Absolutely. soon. Absolutely.